right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today I'm very happy to be joined by Rutledge Wood of NBC Sports on the Social Spotlight. And Rutledge is someone who I've been hoping to get on the Social Spotlight all year long because he has a very positive attitude about life and is, in general, one of the most genuine human beings I've ever met. Incredibly friendly and warm toward people as we discuss in this podcast. And uh, that's something that I think a lot more of us could use these days, myself included, is how to be more positive on social media and find some of the good in people there. So with all that's going on in the world, this is a timely moment to speak with Rutledge. And I hope you'll enjoy the conversation that we had in my rental car at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. All right, everybody, I'm here with Rutledge Wood. We are in my rental car at New Hampshire Motor Speedway because it's the quietest place. However, we've been talking for a while before we started this because Rutledge is just awesome. Rutledge, how are you? Hey, buddy, I'm great. How you doing? I'm doing great. You always uh, make me smile. I got to say that when I see you, I'm going in for the hug because one time, I think a couple years ago, maybe, I saw you and I, I didn't go in for the hug and you seemed like, man, like, where's the hug? So now I'm just like, dude, you know what? You're, you'll go in for the hug. I'll go in for the hug. Why not? Let's bring it in for the real thing. It's, yeah. That's totally it. And I'd like to, if there's a way I could digitally hug all your supporters right now, uh, I was telling you this before we started, I think what has happened this year and the way that the fans have supported you is so cool because it took a huge amount of, of bravery, of uh, forethought, of, of action, and a ton of intention to say, I know what I think these fans want and I have a real connection with them and I want to jump out of, of really everybody's safety zone and go do this. And the fact that you people listening have supported that is so, so cool. And I am I just, I couldn't be happier for you. Well, I, I really appreciate that. I'm very humbled that you would say that and I feel kind of embarrassed now. <laughs> Don't. But, um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm equally uh, as big a fan of, of yours personally because I just feel like you know, you really bring um, a positive attitude. I think I re- it really first hit home with me when um, I, I, I think you were involved in this this kick it game, uh, this kickball game that was for Jeff Gordon's foundation. We were in the same game, and I just saw that uh, you just have a really, really special, unique ability to connect with people, and so it's, that that makes social media perfect for you in a lot of ways because you you have a very positive spirit. Um, how do you feel like that comes through in your daily social media use? That's a great question. It, the I think what I, I come from this place where, this might surprise you a little bit, I was a weird kid. I've kind of always been weird, a little bit different, and I was really, really lucky that my parents were always there to support and make sure that I knew like, hey, it's okay that you're not like everybody else. That's not a, a weakness, that's your strength. and so just go be that person so I was always the guy that you know I I always believe in standing up for people that couldn't stand up for themselves and um, that certainly has gotten me in a few dust-ups in my life and social media is this funny place where um, good bad or indifferent we we have opened this thing that we call social which is in fact completely anti-social and we've allowed people to have this influence on us. And I've definitely seen over the years that like there is um, really positive influences on social media and there's total opposite. And that range between is, is where you kind of hope most of your stuff sort of lies. And so for me, I try to follow 
people that I not it doesn't it's not about following people that I believe everything that they do and and politically or you know on any kind of scope I just try to follow a lot of people that bring joy to my life bring joy to other people's lives and I think I will find those right things through there and I want to always make sure that you know I'm a person that came from the fan base of this sport the whole reason that my success on TV worked is because Speed Channel saw, I, I started in Speed in 2005, I know you know this, from a Craigslist ad. And I had gone to school for marketing, they basically needed somebody in the marketing department that could do all their um, on-site marketing and be an MC. and so I would ride around the campgrounds and go meet fans and say, hey, come to the stage, we're having this big party later, it's called Trackside. And what they started to notice is that people would hang out with me when there was nothing going on. So I would have like a crowd there, and they said like, hey, I." I know you're kind of different, but like fans seem to really like you. We should do more. And, and I think the more time that I spent out there and realized, you know, I'm, I'm come from this huge car background. I love cars. I love racing. I, I really came from a place where I didn't know that much about NASCAR beginning, but everything great that's happened in my career has happened because the fans of this sport supported me and supported it. The way that Top Gear found me was a race fan loaded onto YouTube illegally, something that I did for race day at Atlanta Motor Speedway with John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazard, And because that person, you know, they sat down and said, this was fun to me. I want to share this with other people. That person forever changed, not just my life, but my wife's life, my children's lives, all of the things that I've gotten to do are because of moments like that. And that person didn't have to. And so I, you know, I try to use social media, I think in a way to share joy, to have fun, to tell people about, oh, this is what I'm doing. Here's where I am. Or these are the, you know, car projects I'm working on. Someone asked a long time ago, why do you post pictures of your kids? Because I certainly see some people do, some people don't. And for me, I did enough stuff during Top Gear, and I've been on enough weird flights where um, I think everybody has those kind of moments of, well, what happens if I don't make it out of X, Y, or Z? You know, And I wanted to make sure that people never had any doubt what was actually important to me. Because work is really fun, and I, I'm so fortunate to get to do stuff that I love, but life is what I love. And my wife and my daughters, like that's that's my heart. That's that's my world. So I want to make sure that like people don't ever wonder if you know, God forbid, I don't I don't make it to you know ninety five. Well, what was important to him? Let's go back and look. All right. Well, so he liked sneakers, he liked cars, and he loved his family. So I think I just try to put that sort of hat on with social. And sometimes it works out well. I also find out every time that we're on big NBC for the races that it is like an all call. For like, hey, if anyone has anything negative to say, come on over. And you, you know, you got to just roll with that stuff too. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Let's start with how you avoid getting sucked into the negativity. Because as as you touched on, you're, you're a positive person who, who loves life. And you like to spread the positivity. How do you not get, I guess, brought down by some of these people... Um, that are deciding to yell at you on social media. The hard part is that when you feel like someone has no idea anything about you, like they don't, and you know nothing about them because most of the time it's just they signed up and they there's no information, they're not real. That's hard because you feel like, man, you don't, you don't know the first thing about me. And so when I remember like, oh, this isn't a real interaction. This isn't somebody that sat down next to me at a restaurant and asked me about the weather or politics or life. This is just somebody, this is like a, this is like a drive-by shooting, but the shot is a comment. And so to me, it's just not real. Like there's no reality in that moment. So I used to block people on Twitter when I first got on. 
Um, and there, I think there's probably only a handful of people that I ever blocked. And then I realized you could just mute them. And if you mute them, excuse me, if you mute them, you don't give them the satisfaction of blocking them. Because some people get really excited. Oh, yeah, they blocked me. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> Way to go, man. But if you mute them, then they can still feel like, oh, this person's totally reading it. And so now I've gotten to the point where I can see something's bad and I just don't even, like, I'll read the first two words and be like, oh, cool, let me just mute that. And then you just roll on. Because there is a there is definitely an algorithm. I, I have leaned on people before because I sometimes I just want people to know, like, hey, there's a real person on the other side of this. Like, I feel bad sometimes my mom reads comments that people leave and I know that she gets upset because she's a mom and she's awesome and, and that's what you do. But I always look at it. If I, if I think they don't know better, then I can't waste any time or energy on that. Like, they just don't know better. And that's okay. Everybody's brought up differently and, and what people do every single day is far different than what we do. Cool. Just roll on. If I think they should know better, sometimes I think about... What would I want to say? Like one day this guy just, you're fat, you're stupid, you're ugly, you shouldn't be on TV, whatever else he said. And I looked at his picture profile on Twitter and it was him and his daughter in a canoe. And I wrote back and I just said, hey man, I hope no one ever says to your daughter what you just said to me because this will be really hard for you to try to rationalize. That's all I said. I didn't attack him. I didn't say anything bad. I just said, hey, like this is going to be hard because kids are mean. And that guy just burn it down. He lost it. How dare you? How dare you look at my picture? And like he goes off in this whole thing. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You brought this to my doorstep. I just held the mirror up and asked if you like what you saw. Mm-hmm. And that's the tough thing is because, you know, we work with so many, like, let's pick NBC. I'm so lucky to work with the people I do and, and the people that are passionate about this sport. And we have a ton of sponsors on every single side. And it's tough because there are times when you feel like saying something, but I also don't want to alienate anybody who wants to be a part of this great sport and the things that we're doing. So sometimes you just have to bite your tongue because there's no other side to it. You know, whether it's whether it's people pointing the finger for, oh, I think this is going on, or I think that, whatever it is, like, at the end of the day, you just want to be like, no, I, I love the sport. I think we all do. That's why we're here. And sometimes, you know, and I, I know I've told you this before, sometimes we have to remember that the people like you, me, anybody that's on MRN, PRN, um, every writer, every blogger, everything like that that gets to come inside and be a part of this sport, we are definitely on the inside of the fun, the joy, the experience, everything else. And sometimes there are people that just can't comprehend how much hard work it took to get here. And that that lack of knowledge of understanding how much sacrifice, how much hard work, how many late nights you stay up transcribing a press release or what the driver said after the race or trying to load up you know, your interview so that the fans that support you see it. Those people that don't understand what it took believe that it's all chance, that we all knew someone, that everything was handed to us. And because of that, they don't, they just don't understand. So when they make comments, they're coming from this place of, of confusion and hurt and feeling like, well, I wanted to be a part of that and nobody found me. Well, turns out I'm not related to the Wood Brothers and I'm not related to anybody that runs a network. I'm a guy that, that loved cars and I found a way to work with cars and TV, which is what I always dreamed of. There, I've got one of my closest friends from college, a guy named Jason Milliken, said that I, I looked at him senior year of college sitting at the University of Georgia and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get on cars. I'm going to get on TV for cars because that's it. That's what I love. It's why I want to make people smile. 
and a lot of people don't like for me I thought I'm either going to go back to school and be either like a youth minister minus my terrible language or a um, or like a high school counselor if I can't make TV work because trying to be on TV and make the most people smile at once was my dream that's what I wanted to do and I felt like that's what I was supposed to do with my life but if I couldn't do that then I was going to say I want to have a really positive influence on people and target the time of life where it was always most important for me you know because watching Columbine and the the insane amount of guns and stuff that happened in school like that's the that's what breaks my heart the most because those are the same kids at some point that were a lot like me they were different and all of the kids that weren't different were afraid and they attacked that just like social media does they you know they went after the the square peg that didn't fit in the round hole and it's really themselves that they're worried about you know it's them has nothing to do with the other kid and because I had these parents that told me it was okay and that I should push through and like life was going to be great then I didn't end up going down one of these other paths that so many of these kids end up going down which is this really dark place and I think we all have that choice every day you get up you can look for sunshine or you can look for clouds in whichever one it is that you're looking for you can find and I think at the end of the day like that's I just try to to do my best every day to get up and live my life like that and as you know like adulting's hard like <laughs> this stuff's real and you know the the sacrifice that it takes to to be out here and be a part of this and to get to show it <clears throat> sometimes I remember I'm bringing joy to somebody right now that I don't know like I'm in someone's living room and I hope they're enjoying learning that Jimmy Johnson has all these amazing layers to them and they're all fun and caring and funny and you know I hope that they know that and they think about that because I might be missing a friend's wedding or I might be missing playing in the backyard with my kids or whatever that thing is but it's because I believe at the end of the day it's all going to be worth it and I don't mean that in a term of financial gains when you know I know that's tough in a sport where people have private planes but like you can see me flying southwest or delta i'm a delta guy but i met somebody on my southwest flight the other night and they're like what are you doing here you're on tv and i was like i'm not ryan seacrest like ryan seacrest is on tv but the rest of us are just on tv like that's a totally different thing but it's some of those moments where you get to educate people and be like no no, no. like yeah i started from craigslist you know 13 years later i'm lucky to, to still be a part of this and you know you think about all the different sizes. I know that's a, you asked one question, there's a 15 minute answer. That's my bad. But that, at the end of the day, I think that's how you got to do it. Just try to be the best you you can. And I think what you, at some point, the people, the trolls will get tired of not getting a response and they'll just give up because mm -hmm. they're bored anyway. Like that's why they, this whole thing started because they were bored. This is this is fantastic. I'm totally eating this up, um, and just like hanging on your every word here. I, I guess you know, in in the manner of spreading joy and sunshine and all that all that kind of thing. How do you do that with individuals who are replying to you? Like, how much time uh, do you invest? Or I mean, because it, it's a conscious decision to when you reply to somebody or like a tweet or whatever. And if and if people are um, you know, enjoying you on, on there and social media and want to let you know about it. 
Like, how often do you write back to those people? How often do you interact with these people? Do you know, do you direct message them? I mean, at, at one time you would call random people sure. from Twitter. Oh yeah. How much time uh, and energy do you put into those interactions? Well, I think I think it's a hugely important thing to do for for me for sure because all of these people that follow me and interact are the same people that that watch the shows and that you know help give me ideas because if people say oh my gosh I love this thing then I want to go do more of that so for me what I try to do is sort of compartmentalize that as this is definitely part of my job um, and I try my best to get back to every person that reaches out it's it's sometimes impossible and sometimes it will take me months but I try to get back to, to Instagram messages, Facebook messages, you know, tweets. For me, I always think if I'm at an airport, it's a great time to do that. If I'm sitting in a hotel room, it's a great time to do that. I used to try to do it constantly, and I realized at the time that that was taking out of me being in the moment for being home and being present with my family was not worth the benefit of that instant gratification for me or for the other person. So I said, okay, well, I, I have to remember like, this is time here, and if I'm out of the house and I'm out working, then, then I feel like that's everybody's time. Because, you know, for, like you, the same people that support me are the same reason that I get to go do it. So I want to try to devote as much time to them and that purpose as I can. And and that's what Phone Call Friday came out of. I was riding home, and my brother-in-law had ridden with me to Charlotte for something. And we were coming home, and I said, man, I just wish there was a way that I could call people and just say thank you. And he said, you should do that. Why, why don't you? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I never thought about that. Maybe I should. And so I said, all right, everybody tweet me your phone number. And for the next two hours, I'll call as many people as I can. And I just went down the list and I did like a star six, seven. So it blocked my number because believe it or not, I didn't want everybody in the world to have my phone number. Um, <laughs> but I star six, seven it, and I would just go down the list and just call every single person. And some of them would not pick up and I loved leaving voicemails. I think that's really fun. Uh, but it was this great interaction of just like, hey, what are you doing? It's Rutledge. And they would like, the first half of each call was usually them being like, no, it's not. It's not Rutledge. I was like, no, it's it's definitely me. What's up? And like, oh, it is you, hey. And it's just really cool, I think, to have that sort of interaction. And I think that's what, I think, in my mind, things like Facebook Live and Periscope do that in a in a way that feels maybe less intrusive than putting your phone number up but I wish there was a way that we could and I know you do the same thing if we said hey from two to three I'm gonna be video live and pop in and say hi and there's a way that we could see people back like I would love that sort of like iMessage um, FaceTime kind of a an app where we could just people just pop in and say hi like that would be so cool because those are ultimately the people that guys like you and I and, and there's plenty of females out there too that owe our placement of where we are to those people and those supporters so I do think it's really really important and I also try to remember that if somebody's mad about something that I covered or, or mad because Junior's out of the race whatever their moment is it's not worth it to waste the time on that person when you could be spending it on somebody that is asking a real question or wanting to know more or saying like hey I really thought that was neat how you mentioned this thing about Jenna Fryer. How can I see more of that? I want to learn more. And and I think that's, to me, those dimensions of stuff that we have to keep in mind and go, okay, it's all about the time we spend and how. So let's make sure we do it in a good way. So this question, um, and I'll let you go after this. I know we're, we're just uh, burning up through time here, but this is something that sort of drifts away from social media, but it's something I'm really interested in knowing from you. 
because what I think what I admire about you the most, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, is just your your general instant warmth that you have with people. So it could be somebody that you don't even really know that well or a stranger that comes up to you or whatever, just when you meet somebody and you're immediately open to them. You're very, you've, you've, uh, you're, you're just warm and you're friendly and, and you're just welcoming them in. You're embracing them. I mean, I, I really feel like if people walked up to you and never met you, they could probably give you a hug and it wouldn't <laughs> probably be that weird. Yeah. So on social media or wherever through interactions with people you've met through social media, whatever it may be, what is a secret that I could learn that somebody else could learn in their daily life where you were able to express that because like for me I feel like even when I meet somebody sometimes I, I'm it's hard for me to just uh, instantly just be like yeah like uh, what's up that kind of thing so wh- what can people do to be more like Rutledge that's a really funny that's a really funny way to put that um, first off thanks because I, I really appreciate the, the kind words about um how I, I I think at the end of the day what you're saying is you enjoy the way that truly that I that I love and for me the the way I love people and I share love and show love and express love is is a very um, I don't mean like a weird way it's a pretty physical manner like I I just think the world is a better place uh, with a little more love so when I see people and I see old friends whether it's you know. Earl Barbin, who may not look like a great hugger on the outside, may not seem like that kind of guy. Or if it's, you know, Clint Boyer, I'll, I'll hug whoever. I think my friends know that I'm a hugger. And, and it's funny, those are some of the things that you talk about sometimes with family and friends. that go like, why are you, why are you such a hugger? <laughs> I definitely don't think that if people aren't into hugging and aren't into um, expressing warmth and stuff like that in that way that I'm I'm in no way implying that that means there's something wrong or they aren't built like that or anything else there's some like I've got some friends that are really really uncomfortable that I try to hug them and I'm always just like come on just let me get it out of the way just let me get one good hug and we'll just roll on and uh and and that's just part of it I, I think for me it has to do with being um I'm certainly not perfect but I try to be real comfortable with myself because I feel like if I get up every day and I'm trying to do the best I can with all of the things that this world has to throw in your face every day, if I can just get up and try to do the best job I can, then I'm doing something right. And so I am almost always real comfortable with that side of my life. And and look, we all have good days, we all have bad, but a hug can change that. You can have a bad day and someone see that in your eyes or in your face or whatever and come up and give you a good squeeze and you can literally feel like that tension and that anger just be completely wiped away through one single little interaction there. So yeah, race fans will see me and it could be out in the garage, it could be in the campgrounds, it could be in an airport and be like, can I can I just give you a hug? Yeah, I'd love a hug. Yeah, let's, let's hug it out, you know, because it is this one moment that can change so much in a person's day. And it's, whether you see it or not, it has a very real effect. You know, when my, um, when my kids get off the bus, our two oldest girls will get off the bus and they come running to me, like it is hug central. And there's nothing that makes me feel better in the world than moments like that. But I do think that in a, in a crazy world that we live in now, like love is, is what has 
changed in the world. If you look at from, you know, colonial days or pick any time period to now, it's harder to love people. We've given, we've created this great technology that does all these things, but all it does is put these constant restraints on your heart and your time and your placement and everything else, you know, and I'm definitely like, I'm, I am most attracted to people who can love like that, that can be just immediately warm and open and it creates, you know, great friendships. I think that's honestly one of the reasons that I'm, Kyle Petty is one of the closest friends I have in the world and I hug him almost every time I see him. Like when I don't, I called him earlier and he's not coming up, he's not flying up till tomorrow. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I can't wait to see you tomorrow. And I know that when I see him, I'm going to give him a hug. And when, when I leave the track on Sunday, you know, if, if we're not on stage when one of us is running for an airplane or whatever, it's always a hug and I love you because that's really important. And, you know, so often we just miss those little opportunities to say, you know, say something when you have a chance. And if people, the last thing they remember is like, man, that gave me a really good hug when I saw him. That's a really cool thing to, to leave people with. So it's, it's kind of that how full is your bucket, like kid's book. That was always about, you know, if you say something nice, give someone else a compliment, it'll make them feel better and it'll put a drop in your bucket. And I think hugs are a great way to do that, but I think high fives are, smiles. Sometimes I'll just shout your name. Like when I see you in the garage, sometimes I'm just gonna shout, Jeff, hey! Because I think that's fun, like people need it. But I think at the end of the day, they're all just different ways to show enthusiasm and, and, fun for life because let's be honest man there's there's some hard stuff out there you know this this the more that we grow and the more that we learn we're also constantly faced with that things are not what we thought and they are way more difficult and there are people with huge fights out there and if we can put our best foot forward and be those people that we want to be it will make their day better you know and I think that's at the end of the day, that's what I strive for. What can I do to make that person who is sitting on the couch, who doesn't have a ton to be pumped about this next week, they've got a, you know, a 50 hour work week. They're barely getting by, you know, the car hopefully will start every day to go to work and they're just laying there and watching this moment. If I can bring a smile to them by something that I'm doing or sharing, and if you can bring a smile to them because they go, oh my gosh, I want to learn more about my favorite driver. This is great. I love this angle. Then we are making a difference. And at the end of the day, that's all anybody really wants to do. Like, I just want to make a difference with, with this new food show that I have. Like, that's been such a cool thing to see people. It's so, so many of the same race fans and Top Gear fans and people that watch food and cooking channel, all these different things. So much of them are the same people because they're all the people that love to, like the reason people love to go eat and go out and do stuff like that is because they're sharing it with someone. It's That's a moment of joy. The people, the reason that people love to go to races together are because it's with their friends and they're going to go tailgate and they're going to watch people literally ride around in circles. <laughs> we are not saving the world, but we're doing something really fun because this sport, like every other sport in the world, is a form of entertainment. We are taking our minds off of all of the very real things that lurk in the back of our heads all the time. And we're taking time away from that to live and to have fun and express joy and do all of these things together as a group. So, you know, at the end of the day, if a hug is something that can change another person's day, then I want to be there to, to 
be first in line to give it out. But I also have learned in my life that that's not everybody's cup of tea and it doesn't have to do with me. Like, it's okay. You know, if you're a hugger and you need a hug, tell somebody. And if you're not a hugger and you need a hug, you should tell somebody. <laughs> You'll feel a lot better if you do. Or just throw a high five out there. But it doesn't, uh, I've definitely learned in my life that there's not a weakness in saying that you need help with anything. If it's, if it's, hey, I could really use a ride to the airport. Um, hey, I could use somebody to go to dinner with. Whatever it is, um, it's truly a sign of strength. And I'm telling you, there there have been days where a person has come up and hugged me or I've seen it and someone else and hugged a person and changed an entire a, a week, a weekend, a moment in time, whatever it is, because of one action, and that's a hug. So don't be afraid to hug it out, people. This is awesome. Well, where can somebody um, send you virtual hugs? Uh, you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, Instagram. I know you have dabbled in Snapchat at times. Where, what are, where, what outlets can they find you on? Not Snapchat. I'm not a hater, you guys. I went to school for marketing, and it goes against everything that I believe. If it's worth doing, it's worth being around and people sharing it. And I get why the younger folks like this whole idea. But you know what? Let's let's just send some real hugs. Let's put a picture up on Instagram. Let's put it on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm at all those. It's just Rutledge Wood, R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E-W-O-O-D. My new show comes out October 9th on the Cooking Channel. It's called Southern and Hungry because anywhere I go, I am in fact Southern and Hungry. It's Damaris Phillips and I. I hope you'll check it out. Tell me what you think. Uh, and of course, you can see me every week on uh, NASCAR on NBC. Adam Ferrara, Tanner Faust, and I are going to get the band back together and go make some sort of fun car show. And I can't wait to tell you where that's going to be and when. We're working very hard on that. And uh, I'm going to the Winter Olympics in South Korea in February. And if people want to send virtual hugs, just know, like, I'm just a little bit nervous. It's like a pinch idiot abroad meets a pinch of nervous about um, global war. Um, and it's really hard to be away from my family that long. And I definitely saw that during the Olympics. So um, that's that's me in a nutshell. Just a guy uh, who's just hustling to, to make sure his wife and daughters um, can have a lot of fun and a roof over their heads and scooters under their feet and bicycles. But um, thanks for thanks for letting me do this. This is really fun. I didn't mean, I thought it was going to be like a 10-minute thing, and we've been hanging for like half an hour. So thanks for listening. You guys are awesome out there. And if you ever see me at a racetrack, uh, say hi. And if you have to shout, it's probably because I have uh, earphones in and I'm listening to a producer in a truck tell me what they think I should go do next. So if I don't hear you, it's no offense, okay? Let's hug it out. All right, everybody. So there you have it. And hopefully you felt the virtual hug from Rutledge Wood through the podcast. And if not, I hope you meet him sometime so that you can get one yourself physically because he's just a great guy as you could tell and someone who I'm very happy is still involved with NASCAR. So as I mentioned earlier has been a little bit of a rough week on Twitter but after my post on um, why people should be free to kneel for the anthem if they choose because we live in a country where there's free speech some people did delete their pledges and so others um, thankfully stepped up in their place some of those who stepped up this week that i'd really like to thank include mark russell pereira james mckenzie robert cash justin bowden and christian spronger from germany 
And uh, there's several others too, and I'll be reading their names on the podcast um, in upcoming episodes, but didn't want to just dump it all out there at once. I wanted to spread them out a little bit. So thank you to everybody who has continued to support the website and the podcast, uh, even if you don't agree with um, my, my take on things. So it's off to Dover International Speedway this weekend for the cutoff race for round one of the playoffs. Be interesting to see who gets in. We will have a post-race podcast after that race, so stay tuned for that. And I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.